morning, Mr. Boer. Good morning, Mr. Sheckman. How are you on this fine day? Oh, I'm fine. Um, Got to say carefully there, Boer. This is not how you're supposed to grind it up. It's uh, it's bloody hard stuff. I'm just following the instructions. What's next? Well, I, I mean, I'll add the, the, the pebbles. And next? <laughs> now add the hot asphalt mix. And okay. mix it up. Yeah. All right, done. Um, I think we have less than 10 seconds now before it sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And take take us with the, the best pinch of salt. Get it in the hole, boy. Hurry up. Uh, done. Uh, who knew you could fix a pothole with over-toasted crusts, pebble, and tar? Okay, so I guess toast DIY use number five, the pothole repair kit, is ready for production. Is this why Jeremy's been driving your truck around like a hooligan trying to stuff up the road? You have noticed that then, did you? Toasting design, Shagas Michael Boer. Alright, once more, it is time for Show and Tell. And it's a topic we've been... It comes up every now and then in, in sort of general... Uh, not spitballing ideas, but talking about fourth year projects mm. and how we see them sort of work. And what we're looking at is when it would work on my side. Um, it's automatic an automatic parking system. Automatic parking system. Um, you, you go in your park in a little booth and then a little platform that looks like a little flatbed. Goes and plays Tetris with your car. Exactly. And it goes and picks up your car. Um, and Being driven you... by some 12-year-old, it looked. <laughs> I think that was the person recalling their oh, right, car okay, back right, right. Um, at that particular The 12-year-old calling their car back. Yes, fine, yes okay. yeah. Um, but it, it sort of does answer like a, a lot of things. And I, I'm seeing a lot of these lately around at the moment. They are. In fact, this one's rather interesting because uh, it... The car's delivered to what looks like a little miniature fire station elevator, yes, yeah. and there's no driver in it at that stage, and that's and and that's one of the important features which a lot of students go go wrong with. Yes, that or or they have some giant carousel thing that yeah yeah exactly it requires the person driving into the parking itself. While this is sort of your entrance, then it's get out, valet takes over. Yeah. But valet at this point is a system that picks up your car. It doesn't drag it, doesn't pull it. So your automatic transmissions and things will not be it damaged. It puts it on a very low height skateboard effectively, which effectively. has got an XY yeah. grid and then with one degree of rotation. Picks it up by its wheels where it's designed to be picked up yes. from. So you're not having to rely on the... You don't and have to chassis worry about design. pushing on a hot exhaust exactly. or, or, or pushing thing, on something yeah. that's going to damage it. It's designed to be lifted by that. Uh, I'd say that obviously there would be limitations in certain kinds of vehicles that have very low ground clearance. But even that, I mean, that, that height there is... I mean, that would fit under most. Uh, and most sports cars now you can electronically vary. Well, the even then, so anyway, so. even potentially better. So yeah, very so, nice. So that was there. And recently I've been thinking... You know, we talk a lot about when we're spitballing ideas for a potential problem and we've we got a, an idea for a topic or we see something in the news um, and then talk about it. But So you're introducing a new <laughs> feature of this, isn't it? Exactly. And almost harking back to the old days of reading out the newspaper, what are the headlines <laughs> for the day? I thought we'd do something similar in, in the idea that it's fundamentally what we do. We just don't talk about all the ideas that we see that aren't That's right. worth and, and some days you'll go through the news and you won't see anything of no. interest. And other days you'll go through and you'll just get lost in tons of, of interesting, interesting ideas. Yeah, um, e exactly. Um, I mean, the first one that I came up with, um, or I came across, actually I came across it last night. Um, NASA's testing out the Venus Blue, they call it the Aerobot. Yeah. And it's the idea to explore Venus. Um, one interesting number that came up is it flew to an altitude of one kilometer, 
because atmospheric density wise mm. that represents venus's atmosphere at 55 kilometers that's right yeah it's and yeah, while well, I enjoy those sort of sets, it's not just that how they had the balloon or they're using a balloon. We've, we've seen those sort of ideas pushed forward a lot yes. um, in science fiction, but also in a lot of proposed ideas. But it's sort of it's helping in the calibration of that sort of relative density. It thing. is, yes. Um, and, um, and obviously, there's things like the wind patterns of Venus. So oh, once, you, yes, once you've yes. got a thing which is not really controllable into the atmosphere it goes wherever the atmosphere chooses which is how you learn about how the atmosphere goes but yes it's uh, very much a yeah. chicken egg, uh, egg um, type story but it's obviously still very early in test phases and things like that and all based on budgetary concerns and yes. things as, as nasa is there's all the big what if um but i mean you know science wise there's nothing to stop it now it's just the case of getting it, mm, getting and, it and then getting it there although yeah. supposedly i think it's easier to get to venus than it is to mars the only thing is there's no real reason to go to Mars. Well, it's oh, bright Venus. in the sky. You can find it easier. <laughs> that is what you need. You, you just need to be and able to see And this it. is why I don't work for NASA. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I, are, what have you seen? I find an interesting one, which was... Uh, it's from the, from the Australians where they, they've done a, a study of uh, several of their universities and they found that um, rooftop wind turbine installations are 150% better in terms of energy per unit dollar than if you were to placard buildings with solar. And it comes down to the wind energy is not a very efficient type yes, thing in yeah. the overall life cycle cost, but it does work 24 seven if the wind blows. True. And with the way that cities are built and um, uh, you get localized climate within cities, exactly. you can even put wind turbines facing straight down because of how the air blows Brilliant. up the side faces and stuff. So on the corners, you can, you can position them um, you can move them, whereas the solar panels, the best you can do is track the sun, mm. um, and you've got that sort of stuff. So that was that was one of, one of the interesting things, and then I found a, a nice one. But I, I call I call bullshit on this one. Okay, um, and that's often when you read the news, kids. Um, yes, the people who are um, pro making a point about how much electronic waste there is. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. They predict that five billion phones. I saw that number the other day as well. Right. Now, five billion, and you think, um, <laughs> maybe if you chat to your average brat in California, they might go through two phones a year or something like that. But, you know, it's, it, and so number one, I, I, I mean, obviously there, there is a point about how much stuff is hoarded. Yes. So most people have got an old something or yes, other. Yeah. I mean, if you go into my Vitz office, you'll find several old things that could probably be recycled and the yes. gold taken out of the circuit boards, etc. Yeah. And, and then I laughed at the next one where they were talking about those um, wireless earplug, air, earplug things. Yes, yeah. And they reckon that they are in, <laughs> in two years' time, there'll be enough dead ones that it could go from the earth to the moon and back three times. Yeah. Now, that I call total bullshit on. Okay, so, I mean, you'd have to look at the sales for how, how much of those... Well, it depends. It doesn't matter how much you stack them by, but if each one is an inch... If you stack them one on top of each other, you can get 42. So that's 24 pairs mm. up in a meter. Yeah. And if you do the numbers, it's like, uh, you know, how many of these things are being, being thrown out? So uh, there was that one. Um, and then let's call it the kind of global things which I normally check to see if there's any sort of update on is things like um, in, in SA, the local jet fuel crisis to oh, see yes, what's yes, happening yes, there. Yeah. There's normally a, a troll of, uh, of power and power issues and then water and water type issues, which are, let's call it the ongoing threads as opposed to the news stories that do pop up 
yeah. um, like, like mushrooms. But the one place which I, I tend to check first is it's a very cool website and it basically puts all of what are called editorial cartoons. Those are the newspaper oh, yeah, type yeah, yeah, cartoons. Yeah. It's called cartoonmovement.com. And each day they have basically all the cartoons from the world's best newspapers, etc. And the reason that I tend to do that as opposed to reading news headlines is cartoonists, they thrive on taking in facts and then putting together the sort of opinion of the people and yeah. then poking fun at it. Which means they survey and separate out the bullshit from the truth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to know, so there was a fantastic one. I mean, I, I looked at the cartoon and then I clicked on the story, but mm. there was a fantastic cartoon of a power station in the background, a wind turbine up in front, and then this bureaucrat with a hairdryer trying to stop the wind turbine. <laughs> and it was done by an Austrian in an Austrian newspaper. Okay. And it turns out there's some EU green regulation that's local to Austria, which has got, and Austrians can be quite sarcastic, yes. um, in, in terms of, well, how exactly are we going to start all these wind turbines in valleys where there's no wind and all that? <laughs> like, a, a leaf has never blown in that valley, but we're not going to try and put turbines there. <laughs> I, mean, I think yeah, I enjoy those sort of ones because it does stop you because the number of times, I mean, we use that sort of information when students come forward to us, oh, I've got this idea for this problem, you know, they're not, they're struggling with wind power in, in Austria. Well, I'm going to do wind power differently. So, okay, that's great. <laughs> as much as you want to, there is no wind. <laughs> but the other thing I like it is the way that they display the cartoons is it's like tiles. So basically you can stare at a screen, mm. you can see nine of them and it's like, okay, there's Putin with a, you know, a, a nuclear monocle. And okay. Thing, okay, fine. I know, I know what's going on about that. But yeah. sometimes there'll be one that catches your eye and you think, I wonder what story inspired mm. that because I'm not aware of it. And then mm. you and then you're curious. So I think it's a lot easier than looking through headlines and, and, and oh yeah, and, and no, sort of very thing. much so. I mean, so the sort of headlines I end up going through it. Mine end up these days being more focused towards say gaming or, or tech hardware and stuff. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. <laughs> no one should be surprised. This explains what happened to you in third year, Mr. Sheckman. <laughs> um. So yes, I mean, I think everyone has got. In fact, that's why the original newspaper was put into sections yes. where, you know, dad would go straight for finance and economics yeah. or, you know, brother would go straight to the sports section mm -hmm. and, you know, aunt would go straight to the obituaries, you know, it's <laughs> you, you pick whatever float tickles your fancy. So, I mean, all the ones that sort of caught my interest uh, actually this morning. Um, so, uh, graphics cards, there's the new um, NVIDIA 4090s that have been bought up. Now, they'll, they'll cost you about 40,000 to 50,000 rand. I'll buy one right now. Okay. So they say if you have eight of them, as part of the headline at the very least, if you have eight of them, they can crack a password in under an hour. Now, they've apparently really been using graphics cards. So you've cards. got your eight on order, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it would cost me a car. Yeah. Okay. I'd get divorced if I try that. Um, also, I'd have nowhere to put them. But, but you would have a password. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'd, I'd be able to crack I, oh, passwords. Oh, okay, I'd be able right, to right, right, hack right, into right. all yeah, the student okay. accounts and... Don't know what I'd do with it, but let's say I'd do that. But it sort of, it then highlights an interesting point that the, I mean, it's it's not, I, I think it, we are still semi on that, that trajectory of each year the um, the processing power doubles. I can't remember the term of what that, yes, yeah. that, that one there. But to the point of, are the, is the premise of passwords soon to be outdated? It's one I like these sort of articles for. It, it's the, the actual content is not too important, but it gets me thinking of if it gets to the point where a standard laptop 
can checks go and, your eye or, can, or, or not, I'm talking about can start cracking right. a password. As students, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we password lock an exam script or yes. our Dropbox account where we're storing our exam scripts and they can crack it in five minutes. Is the means by which we have to start securing our data differently? Now, obviously, there's two-factor authentication and stuff. We're starting to yeah. see those sort of things implement. Um, but anyway, so th that got me thinking in that potential way there. Um, I find it an interesting one because mm. I always tend to look for something about sort of vintage aeroplanes because yes, you find yeah. interesting things. Um, well, Walt Disney, well, uh, Walt Disney fame. Yes. He, uh, he famously bought one of the very first Gulfstream ones. Okay. One of the yeah. very first sort of commercial type aircraft that turned it into a commercial type aircraft and he had the cockpit retrofitted so like the clock was taken out that was put back into the Disney one with Mickey Mouse in the hands and all, so, all those <laughs> yeah yeah things. okay uh, but anyway this thing was just sitting in the desert gathering dust and they've that they, they collected it. it was perfectly good they restored it as it was and it's now in a museum for okay. all, all the world to go and see but the reason that it was important in, in the Walt Disney thing is that he basically ended up doing <laughs> not because Walt Disney was an interesting chap he basically lived on American chili which is like mince cooked like with hell of a yes, hot sauce yes, and then yeah. boiled for days um, this thing was fitted out with a special high voltage galley that could keep chili going <laughs> which I think that's my hat is, my hat is off to you no wonder Donald Duck sounds the way he did um, but effectively he did aerial surveying work personally on board that thing for where they put Disney World and Disneyland. Um, so he basically went around and he said, I want the thing over there. And he went and did all the donkey work himself. He didn't pay government contractors to say, where here's this, where can we go and put it? He basically did all of that stuff aerially using that airplane. So that's the backstory to it. But it's, sure. yeah, it's one of those interesting things where, you know, you then look at restoring it. How did they restore it? Which team did it? Yeah. The fact that they also restore Warbirds, et cetera. So it's, it's one of those things that I don't know how many people would click on Walt Disney's aircraft has been restored. I think I was probably the only person yesterday who clicked <laughs> on that story. But, uh, it, 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 and it's classic, horrible old colors, like, you know, brown, brown with white stripes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another article I found, and I, 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 I always, the moment I see these sort of headlines, I focus on it because I expect to see a fourth year project on it. And I want to have enough information for myself yeah, that's right, yeah. to, to sort of ward off the wary. Is it, is it a current big problem which is not solved? Or is it a problem that occurred on the 17th of October of the year type thing? Okay, so mm. it, it, it's far ultra, ultraviolet LEDs kill bacteria viruses without harming people. So the whole issue is the reason you can't then just take in a lecture theater, blast ultraviolet with the current lamps in a lecture yes. theater full of students is that it damages DNA. That's right. Current yeah. ultraviolet. So they've, they've developed far ultraviolet, which is, I assume just a higher frequency or lower command. Which is far relative to the distance or is far an acronym as well? No, no, no. It, oh, it's, just, it, I think it's on that spectrum of light. It's longer or shorter wavelength or whatever. Oh, so it's far UV. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and supposedly it kills bacteria, but it's completely harmless to people. Well, I mean, obviously... It's What's about testing. shadows? Okay, so, I mean, yes, we still have to develop a system that passes the light over it and stuff. I don't know how well ultraviolet or far ultraviolet reflects, but... The, the, the okay, so it's for, it's for direct surfaces. Um, it would be brilliant for... Um Restaurants, kitchens. Yeah, kitchens. Uh, I mean, yeah, normal surfaces. I just just have it on a machine that goes down hospital wards. Blast just, your keyboard. Oh, blast your keyboard and things like that. But it's it's. And obviously, LED implies that it's energy efficient. 
yeah, well, far more uh, so than exactly. your traditional, because you, you know your traditional UV tube was actually quite a high-powered thing. Yeah, and ha- having had a, a couple of recent trips to hospital visiting persons you see it when they 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 send the machine into the the ward to blast a thing it's curtains closed it's something that looks like a a garlic or not garlic um what's it Dalek? What are those things from Doctor Who? Whatever. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Wheels that thing in a warm, 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 sort of like a radioactive thing going off in the background there. Um, but the thing is, in terms of why I want to kind of look this up is, is it adding necessarily anything new in terms of what we need? And possibly not, because we are on the tail end of a lot of our, our major issues with COVID and things like that. That's right. I mean, I can see a fourth year saying, well, the next pandemic is coming. So pre-installing these things everywhere you go so that your arms, etc., get zapped. I suppose it would be an interesting point of of the pre-installation. And it's always something that comes up. Oh, no, we must do it now in advance. How do you convince a person or a company, a a university or a a restaurant, something like that, that you need to, in case it happens. Yes. In case is a a very... big if. It's a major if. And it's you then setting up infrastructure. We already talked about you maybe have to have this thing move around in order to get those shadows and so on and so forth. So, if, I mean, for example, let, let's take uh, your standard restaurant thing. Assume you've got, say, 10 tables of mm. four, one of six, one of two, etc. Um, now you want to disinfect this, this thing. Mm. Okay, it's at night. You're not going to employ a human to do this. Yeah. And also, the wrong thing to do would be to install these things in the floor so it can beam up under the tables, under the chairs, have it all mounted in the ceiling, the walls, etc. Mm-hmm. How would you do it? Because what in a restaurant, and that's the thing, is what needs to be disinfected versus what not? Mm. I would start to say that, well, it's one of those things that, well, if you have an automated bot that also cleans the floor, yeah. you can clean the floor and beam the yeah, 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 exactly. at the same time. And it, I mean, it, you're going to get a 85% uh, coverage rate, but the light's going to do the rest. Yeah, um, it, it, Exactly. The if the person is hand putting their hands on the underneath the seat or behind the seat or something like that in the restaurant, well, okay, they're, they're practicing unsafe behavior. What about changing things like in in a hospital or a shopping? Oh, let's stick the hospital where they basically use they mix disinfectant into everything. Yes. Because um, of super bugs. Um, your traditional way of mopping the floor. Or you've now gone and got yourself the land equivalent of a Zamboni. It's this <laughs> miniature John Deere corridor cleaner. Because some hospitals have it. Some yeah, still no, no, use yeah, the mop yeah, and the yeah, bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a student would do is let's replace the mop and bucket thing. And we have had fourth year projects mm-hmm. which automated shopping mall cleaning, etc. And it's yeah. this robot and you've got water and you've got disinfectant, etc. Um, could you do something where it's now a very basic clean, but the disinfecting is done with a... If you were to encase it and call it an energy and natural resource usefulness thing, you could say not using a whole lot of water, not using a whole lot of chemicals, mm. which can, you know, um, any form of alcohol stuff. Yes, it does go into the air. No one seems to be worried about how much sanitizer has gone up to blast the ozone layer or make the penguins <laughs> drunk or whatever. Um, but I mean, I, I can see fourth year projects coming where all students do for a fourth year project to say, well, can I use that tech and add it to something to yeah. substitute it out and go? And there, there potentially are projects, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 along those sorts of things. Yeah. Okay. So a, a quick one, because this is the sort of topic that I would need to do far f- f- further reading on. And I don't know if it's much you'd be able to talk on. Obviously, Facebook renamed itself Meta. 
I did. But by the way, what is Facebook? <laughs> what was Facebook? Okay, fine. And, and so uh. then they, they set up this thing called Metaverse. I was about which, to crap on you for making assumptions, but now I'm with you. you made the correct <laughs> so they came up with a thing called Metaverse. It's like some online virtual reality world sort of thing. Similar to, remember, and like the early 2000s, there were a lot of those yes. uh, Second Life and, and those sort of things. Yes, no, that's true. Okay. So what they're finding is that so, I mean, now you can go from watching the Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, and now this, this all matches in perfectly fine. In theory, yes. So, in this sort of online virtual reality world, they're finding the users, it has zero adoption rate. Now, I always find these new ideas when they, they fail. They, they, someone's put out this idea. They've obviously done their research. Meta or Facebook is a massive company. They're not going to do something just for shiggles. Mm -hmm. So... It has fundamentally, by the look of it, in the financial aspect, failed completely. I think they had something like 35 units and they, they expected millions. Yeah. If you, uh, there's always things that come out. Like, say when the uh, Apple brought out the, those AirPod things, they have yes. the long antenna and everyone's like, oh, those look ridiculous, who's ever going to wear them? And cut to f 10 years later, everyone's, That's right. and, and every company's copying them and so yep. on and so forth. It's difficult to say what will work and what won't. I always like to start looking into what doesn't. What what happened in society? What was the current climate? What was the why, happening? Why did it not work? Exactly. Because a, one of the biggest aspects with design, it, it's the users. You know, it's part of your URS. It's part of your, your problem identification, who your users are going to be. Understanding how people will react to things, and especially my kind of designs, I like to go for those high-tech sort of options. Yes. And, and looking at them. If you understand why certain ideas don't work and why people don't trust the technology or they don't trust the company, it can better guide your decisions to then happen that. Anyway, so it's something I need to do far more looking into. It's, it's coming up a lot in, in the news. But the one that really got me, and because I find it far more interesting, astronomers have a new theory for why the planet Uranus spins on its side. Now, if we look at all the various planets, if we go through them, all of them pretty much have their axis close to near vertical. That's right, yes. I remember um, from building a model of it years ago. Yes. Venus is upside down because it spins in the wrong direction. It yes. wants to be different. Uranus, on the other hand, is on its side. Completely almost 90 degrees. I think it's 87 degrees yes. or something like that. And what they suspected for a long time is the planet was hit by a number of collisions and it slowly just knocked it off. Yeah. And it's the, the sort of theory I've always understood for why that planet was. What the new theory is is that if we say look at our moon and even moons of Saturn and Jupiter, mm. they're apparently moving further away, very slowly, but nevertheless. And what they think is that the moon of Uranus, or a moon, now long gone, moved away at a particular rate that it resonated the planet's natural frequency for its rotation, causing percussion, which eventually caused it to flip on its side. Okay, so basically like a spinning top. Yes, having a, a exactly. Now... Why I enjoy those sort of things is, is partly because I still just like to look at what, what is the actual math behind that. and you know, Not that I could apply it, but the idea premise being if I can apply that to that situation... What else could you could Yeah, you and know? it's keeping skills fresh. Or even so. trying to figure out like, how in your head is that even possible. That's the other part That's for me. A, to me, all of this sort of outer space stuff is the sort of thing where you sort of you know, lie in your bed, look up at the ceiling, and then just sort of try and figure out how in the... Like, number one, yeah. how did they figure this out? <laughs> you know, you can't, like, pull out your powerful binoculars and, and, and have, a, have a look at it, you know? And, and all those... Sort of, exactly, it's those sort of things. But it gives idea on scale and relative... Again, it's... For me, it's always about a feel for numbers. It's, it's about... 
or how, okay, how big is this planet? What is its mass? And you moved it. A, a smaller body moved an entire planet about its axis. Fundamentally, it's spinning. It's gyroscopically stabilized. And yes. yet it moved. I mean, not, it's, not, it's not like day one, day two. There is, That's is right. Flip, I mean, but so much time has, has gone on since sort of planet formation that they're, they're relatively well balanced. Yes, yeah, yeah. Things are in a, a, a stable I mean, position. with Earth, you end up with the magnetic north um, being different from that because of yes. what's happening below the surface yeah. in terms of an imbalance with, with that sort of mm -hmm. um, stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know if all... I mean, some planets do... They think have an, have an have like a liquid yes yeah molten inside, core yes uh, yeah, a, a yeah molten core and um, you can obviously end up with all sorts of other stuff in there and and that's where a moon's important because if you know the moon can have an effect on what's happening with the stuff exactly. that can move relative to and, and for planet like a life bearing planet moons end up protecting the planet because it ends up capturing things and throwing things out and that's so right on and, so and also if we didn't have the moon the Tides wouldn't uh -huh. happen, and, uh, and, and I think there's even theories that we wouldn't even have plate tectonics in the way we do. And plate, plate tectonics happens because the insides all and, which is part from the part of the moon, yeah, exactly, of the moon. Yeah. and without plate tectonics, you then don't get fresh soils and and new, you know, like volcanoes are bringing essentially new chemicals and stuff and, and refertilizing in exactly, many respects. Yeah. So we'd lose that so it, it, it's interesting in, in those sort of grand scales is it applicable to a design project in undergrad even postgrad hell no i, I, I don't. can see the rocket pack to bring the moon closer <laughs> to produce more tides <laughs> to produce more rain yeah, yeah. To well, what, the, the, the problem is, is that the waves aren't big enough for surfing so what we're going to do is we're going to move the moon closer not <laughs> or, or start dropping asteroids into the ocean to cause larger waves or, or something of that potential sort but yeah all right so yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that's served the most of mine. Have you got any final? No. Okay. I think you've, you've covered everything. All there. right. Cool. Okay. Well, then, yeah. Ho hopefully, you enjoy this. This is sort of the general thoughts we go through on a largely daily basis. We might do it again. We'll see. I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.